Thanks for joining us on the Milestone Church Podcast. This weekend was a big weekend for our church, Vision Weekend. We hope you enjoyed this message from our pastors. We talk about everything God has done through our church and where we're headed in the future. Well, I want to welcome you to Vision Weekend. For those of you that are new, we periodically have these weekends because they provide for us clarity, focus, calibration, if you will, not only in our personal lives, but also to who God's called us to be together. And I know we have a lot of new folks, a part of the Milestone family, both gathering in person as well as online. And I'm excited to share with you this Vision Weekend. I do want to welcome those watching in video venues, those at our 1230 service, as well as so many of our church family still gathering online. Would you guys put your hands together and welcome everyone that's joining us. I'm going to quote from a passage, Luke 19:10, but I'm going to focus in on Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you if you would to turn there, but I want to set the stage here for a moment in this idea of vision weekend and vision and its importance in our lives. First of all, there is a moment that I pray happens for every person listening to me this weekend. There's a moment where real vision comes into your life. You see, the Bible teaches us that without a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, whether you feel like you are or not, some in current culture think that we're kind of lost or we might have sort of lost our way, but the Bible says we, we grope around in darkness without Jesus. The Bible says that we mess up more than we fix. We end up down a road that we would never choose and we break things that are important to us and we damage things that we care about and we don't have to try because we're lost. We're lost without Jesus. But my prayer is that there would be a moment in your life that when you realize you can't save yourself, when you can't become all that you're even created to be, that you might stumble on a few good things, but you don't have to live in darkness. That Jesus Christ loves you and he loves you so much that he died on a bloody cross, that he's alive today and he'll come into your life. And when he comes into your life, you know what life really is. You have a clarity, you have a ability because the person of the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you and the truth of God's word and his desires for you, his plan for you. You don't really even know who you are until you receive Jesus. You don't even really understand what makes sense in life and, unless you have Jesus. And then Jesus starts to illuminate the fact that you didn't just appear out of some organic soup. You weren't some kind of accident, whether you were planned by your parents or not. You were planned by Almighty God. And he had a plan before the foundation of the earth, and he put inside of you. He put gifts. He put purpose. One of my life's dreams and vision is that you would find those gifts. You would find that purpose, that you would discover God's vision for your life. Because when you begin to discover that, I meet so many people today that just sort of exist. They just, they, they frustrate, they're frustrated with their jobs, their lives, and 
Life begins to make sense when you begin to cooperate with the one who created you, the one who designed you, the one who made you. And I love when people begin to see that personal vision, but if you would allow me this weekend, I spend a lot of weekends, in fact, I took an entire set of message series this year to help you discover your gifts. You can go online and watch those messages. But you know, to not just be a group of individuals who are seeking out the vision and plan God has for our lives, but to come together in what we call spiritual family, there are moments where myself as your pastor have to call us up a little bit higher, up a little bit bigger above just you finding the perfect job, the perfect mate, the perfect gift set, the perfect set of circumstances in your life. Because Jesus has a higher agenda in the earth. And I want to tell you, by the way, if you want to really tap into fulfillment, it's when you tie into that universal picture and vision that Jesus has for a lost and broken humanity. It's when you begin to see that you can play your instrument really, really well, and you can hone it, and you can develop it, and you can be great at it, but you'll never produce the sound of a symphony. You'll never produce the sound of a multitude of people gathered to play that sound together. In athletics, there are individual sports and there's team sports, but even those who play the individual sports like golfers say they love when they get to play in the Ryder Cup, when they get to be a part of a team. Because there's something about the way God made us because everything that he created he said was good, but he said one thing's not good, that man would be alone. Because he made us and fashioned us to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. And the older you get, you do realize that your greatest joy in life is not the day you find your gifts, though that's a great day. It's the day you lay them at the feet of Jesus along with the blood-bought saints of the living God to see his kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. It's when you start tying into that. Teams win championships, families celebrate, and it's when you begin to see your vision and purpose in connection to the greater heart and plan of God, you begin to tie into something that is very motivating and very moving. We started Milestone Church with that picture. We started it with that dream, not just to be a mass of people just individually seeking their own desires. I've said it to every person that's come through our Discovery 101, I lead our church like a dad, like a coach. I don't wanna be a star individual, I wanna play on a team that wins. Teams win championships. And so we started out with that dream. It wasn't a popular vision. It had a lot of days where it didn't seem like it would even happen. In fact, I think back 18 years ago, I could take you back to maybe our 15th or so Sunday. It was all in jeopardy. We had the worst Sunday that any church has ever had in the history of the body of Christ. It was that Sunday. We were in the cafetorium, 165 people gathered at our first Sunday and people started staying away in droves. We had about 72 people this weekend and we counted pregnant ladies twice. <laughs> we were gathered there and the air conditioning went out. They controlled it from a remote location and whoever was in charge was asleep at the wheel and it was summer in Texas. I had on a three-piece suit. Why, I don't know. Maybe to feel significant, to feel like I was at some level qualified to lead this group of people, but I was burning up hot. 
And we're there in the cafetorium. It's burning up hot. Ladies' faces are melting off. I was real excited because we had an outreach where we were going to rent out a movie theater and we were going to do the Passion of the Christ and we were hoping somebody would get saved. And so we had this trailer, you know, this, this movie trailer, you know, and with our little makeshift sound system and our little screens, they look nothing like what we see here today. We had this trailer and we had a volunteer running the multimedia presentation as elaborate as it was. I don't want to give up his name, but it's Marcus Lopez and I still hate him. But anyway, no, Marcus, I love you. Marcus Lopez moved his mouse the wrong way or something, and in the middle of the crescendo, boom, 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 Mel Gibson, Jesus kneels in the dirt, you know, and he who is without sin cast the first stone, and all of a sudden his beautiful Hispanic family came up on the makeshift screens. <laughs> now the burning up people are laughing at my presentation. And I think there's only one way out of this. I've got to preach my way out of this. So burning up with sweat and my big sweat hanky and my three-piece suit, I got up there and started panthering around preaching on who knows what. Some guy got up, there were Coke machines. He got up and got a Coke. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. We're trying to feel cool right now. Yeah, thank you. You're really helping. Well, they had opened the doors because it was so hot in the back of the cafetorium. And during my message, I heard jingling. I thought maybe somebody had change in their pocket and they were dancing in my message, but there were only 76 people because I couldn't see that. I knew that wasn't happening. And so all of a sudden I looked down the aisle and a dog ran in the back of the cafetorium. She was just this, ah, fluffy. She had a big collar on with a bunch of stuff. Ah, running at the sweating preacher. The usher grabbed her, threw her out in the back. I was quick on my feet. I said, you know, it takes one level of God's power in a three-piece suit in the cafetorium to draw 76 people, but it's a whole another level of gifting to draw the dogs off the street. Come on, somebody, you know what I'm saying. Well, it's funny now, but I have to tell you in all honesty, our vision was in jeopardy that day. I'd missed seven paychecks, invested our savings. We had no money, we had 70-something people, we were in an area where there were a lot of great churches, a lot of great things going on. and I don't know if you've ever had one of these days, but by about three o'clock on Sunday afternoon, I was sitting there on the couch and I realized I'd been sitting there for three hours thinking the same thought. I need to put my resume out because this thing's not going to work. I don't think we're going to make it. My beautiful wife, who's always been my encourager, on this day, she needed to shock me back into reality. She's washing dishes. She leaned over the counter. and <laughs> She looked at me. She said, you do know you're going to have to get over this. I said, yes, ma'am. Thank you. Appreciate that. Okay. <laughs> but I want to tell you this today. I tell you that story. And there's been other discouraging moments and bumps in the road. And Lord knows 2020's had a lot of dogs running in. If it's your vision, you can't sustain it. If it's your idea, you won't go through the challenges and trouble of it. But when you get a hold of God's vision, it'll sustain you on your most discouraging day. It'll carry you through your biggest inadequacies, your biggest weaknesses, because you know what? It's not about you. All it needs is your availability. All it needs is your willingness to submit to it. 
It was on that afternoon I reread a passage that I remember at 21 years old in a gathering of young adults where I read Luke 19.10 and I had read it. I grew up in church listening to it, but I remember on that day, do you ever have moments? I mark moments in my Bible where God speaks something fresh to me in a new way. But I read Luke 19.10 again and somehow it ignited in me the same flame that it ignited in me when I was 21 years old. And Jesus said, here's my vision. I came to seek and to save that which is lost. And I said, Jesus, if that's your vision, I want to tie into what you're doing in the earth. And I want to tell you, on your darkest day, when you join Jesus' vision, it'll ignite a hope in you. It'll ignite something in you that says, this is bigger than me and greater than me. And I tell you, over the years, I think about how many times Jesus continues to go out and seek and save those that are lost. It's still on his heart today. Not just lost people that would spend eternity separated from God, but people that are lost in life, people that are lost in direction, people that are lost in relationships, people that haven't found their way to fulfill God's purpose and God's plan for their lives. You say, we're having vision weekend. I think there's a lot more lost people today than has ever been. Jeff, we're in a darker hour, and here we are having a vision weekend and talking about moving forward well, here's something I've learned in over 25 years of pastoring, that in the darkest hours, the church of Jesus Christ doesn't get the opportunity to take a break, a retreat. Because when the culture gets the darkest, when the fear gets the greatest, when the hope is at its least possible place, the hopeless look for environments of hope. They look for places they can go to find answers to the problems they can't fix. And there's something about the human soul when we get to that place of we realize we can't fix the broken things of our world. We look to the healer. We come running back to the cross of Jesus Christ and say we need you more than ever before. I think back on 9-11. Again, a 25-year-old pastor. I remember I should have been smarter than this. I wasn't. I showed up for church like it was a normal day, thinking, man, I don't know. We've had this big attack on our country. No one's coming to church today. And I was so amazed to find there were no parking places. There was standing room only. Why? Because when the world gets dark, everybody comes looking for answers and solutions. So when life gets dark, there has to be the blood-bought saints of the living God who are able to see above the chaos to say, Jesus has a plan in the darkness. And in the crisis, people are looking for answers. Matthew 5, 14, Jesus said that to his early followers. I've sat on this hillside where Jesus preached his most famous sermon. And I, ha I can't help but take myself back to being on that hillside. And you hear him say this, but you may not have the context. It's not in the middle of a forest. He's not in the middle of some structure where they can't see out of it. But he's looking across this arid region that has this ability that they could have seen this city and that group of people and that village and that town. So they had the ability to begin to recognize maybe even a little more context of what he's saying. And Jesus is talking to a group of people, and I don't want you, even if you're online, I don't want you to disconnect for a minute, because when we read passages like this from Jesus, we think, oh, that's someone else he's talking to. 
Like he's not putting that level of expectation on me. I mean, no, 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 no. That's someone else. You know, if you had that thought today, you're probably like the original listeners. They had to be thinking, wait a minute, you got the wrong group, Jesus. We're just a ragtag group of people living out in this kind of little distant area in the Middle East. We're on this hillside here, Jesus. We're on the bottom side of power. We have no political power. We have no religious power. We have no status. We're just trying to get our next meal. And he says to them, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but instead they put it on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. And in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. He has always asked of us to be that light. The thing about light is that we don't earn it. We don't have the ability to create it. We don't have the opportunity to fabricate it. The world was in darkness and chaos, and a generous God who loves us said, let it be. What do we do with our lives is we become distributors of it. We become the ones who reciprocate out of this thankful heart of a God who illuminates our world, we become those who together become a city set on a hill. We become like that lamp that those people at that time would have in their house, that this illumination comes from it, this light that shines. And I want to say thank you to you for being light in a dark year. I want to say thank you to all of you who, through your generosity, through your willingness, have been light. At the end of today's service, I will we will be mailing this week to every one of you online and all of you will get a document that will show you the impact that you've had this year in shining the light of Jesus in a dark world. I want to highlight just a few. First of all, at Easter time, we had a community-wide Easter meal drive initiative. I had the opportunity to come here and help put it in the back of cars and I was moved by the families that were so touched by it. In a time when so many people were scared, if you could have saw the faces of the moms and the others that this made an impact in their dark Easter, you were the light that shined into their world. We filled two trucks with blood donations. I sat at the city right before the shutdowns as our city officials were talking about this COVID time and asking, what can we do? You see that original vision that I almost gave up on I wasn't looking for a job. I was already a pastor of a church. In fact, Milestone would be the fourth church that I pastored. I'd already done the programs. I had preached every Sunday. I had done church. We started Milestone. Lord, help us to make a difference in a dark world. Let it be a place that shines the light. And I remember sitting in there and saying, how can we help? And they said, when we have needs from our senior population, would your church be willing to take care of of these people, and I want to say thank you to every single one of you that took care, some of you personally concierge and taking care of these people. Those are somebody's grandparents, they are somebody's aunts and uncles, they are real people, and you shine the light into their world. You shine the light into their world. We help seniors on serve day when we could have shrunk back. I have to tell you, with all the PR stuff and everybody, I mean, I, we had meetings. 
what do we do? Do we just kind of back up? I mean, how do we handle it? But our missions director came to us and said, the needs are greater than ever before. So we said, we're going forward. We're going to serve people and you. We did it as safe as possible, but we had 91 projects where we served our community. And then through United, through your generosity, we were able to give everyone the United books. We didn't charge $15.99. We gave it to everyone, the Word of God. We studied the Word of God together. We grew in our relationships. But out of that, not just a programmatic day, there was 150 projects that went around our region of people serving their neighbors. Love your neighbor as yourself. Shine the light of God, and you did. And I want to tell you, as I begin to cast the rest of this message, our vision forward, some of you might say, well, how can we go forward? Why would we go forward? Well, a lot of times you don't have insight into the fact that we are regathering and every week we have more people regathering and our our services have been full every single week. We've added services. Our online attendance is greater and we've added over a thousand people to the Milestone family during this COVID season. Discovery 101, yeah, it's a good place to clap. Why? Because when the world gets dark, people are looking for someone with light. They're looking for someone with hope. And I'm not talking about just the people that have said, hey, I'm a part of the family, but I hadn't had a chance to go to 101. I'm talking about people that have come and said, I'm a part, I'm a part of the family, I'm a part of the team. So the need has never been greater. Let's keep unpacking this idea of light though. Where does the light shine? Where does it shine? Why would Jesus say you're the light of the world? Well, first of all, it shines in you. That day when you receive Christ, I can't tell you how many people that I've personally talked to or shook their hand in the foyer or prayed with them myself who said, after I received Jesus, the world was just brighter. The world was different. It was more clear. The weight was lighter. The burden was lighter. It changed me. It's still the greatest miracle that ever happens. And you know what? Every time a single person receives Christ, you underestimate how that light touches those you love the most and care about the most. It always happens. It touches your spouse. It touches your kids. Can I say to some of you young families, It's not as cool today to have your kids in the house of God, hearing the word of God, listening to the Bible, being around people of light. Don't compromise it. Because I'm going to tell you there's no 401k, there's no retirement, there's nothing you'll ever earn that will create in you. They have their own light. They're shining their own light. Like it's not my light. I see their light, the light of Jesus Christ is burning in them and it'll burn to their children and their children's children. The light of God keeps going. Let me just tell you, there's nothing that money can buy that can produce that. It shines in you. It shines to those around you. I was talking to a gentleman. We were talking about next gen weekend. I get emotional every time I see these young people because we set out for a vision to hand off something to the next generation. And it's not just words that sound good. That's what's in our heart. It's not, this isn't, okay, this big church and that. They don't see it that way. It's their church. It's their light that they shine. They shine their own light. And I watched it, I shared it with a guy recently, and I said, well, won't you just amaze when you see Next Gen Weekend and those young people using their gifts and letting their light shine? He's a little older, he said, 
I wish my kids would have had that. I felt his pain. I was getting ready to encourage him, and he picked it up. Before I had time to say it, he said, but I know my grandkids are going to have it. Because why? The light shines from generation to generation. It shines in you and to those closest to you. But second of all, it shines in the house. So there's something about that light Jesus was talking about. He said, it's in you. You are the light of the world. But he said, it shines in the house and it just illuminates these atmospheres that would otherwise be dark, but it creates an environment where people can come out of the dark and into the light. I'm so grateful that we built an environment where lonely people, we're hurting people, we're lost people. When they show up, not just here at the building, but in small groups and environments, they experience someone that has light in their eyes and in their heart to let them know, you know what? I can't tell you everything's gonna get fixed immediately, but I can tell you the light of God shining on your situation. Every time you get around it, I hear the stories. We don't just tell stories on Vision Weekend. We tell stories all year long because the light of God shines in a house in an environment where a family comes together. I got these letters this week. They only give me the good ones, by the way. If you have a negative comment, send it to jeff.peltier at milestonechurch.com. He loves those. Bruce wrote me this letter this week. He said, we first attended Milestone on September the 19th. We knew we'd found our home when we pulled in the parking lot and it said, flash your lights if you're a guest. He said, from that moment till today, we felt accepted and welcome. Thank you for being that for people like Bruce. He came here, he said, I've been here three years in DFW. I'm a little lost. I haven't felt accepted. I haven't felt welcome. I want to be a part. He pulls on the property and immediately he says, I'm wanted. God sees me. Last few weeks, he says, we've met so many people. We've really felt God's love here. We've attended 101, 201. Now we're finishing up Restore. We've been a part of a small group. He goes on to say, thank you for bringing me into the family. This is from Rebecca. She says, Pastor, you don't know me. I've yet to attend to 101 because I'm active duty military, and a lot of times we have weekend duty and I have to go away. And she jokingly says, all the fun stuff, stuff happens while we're at drill. My name's Rebecca. Our family's lived in Roanoke for four years now, and it wasn't until last year that we found a church home, Milestone. We love it. We love everything about it. COVID happened. We weren't able to attend. We watched online, and then she said, I've recently been deployed. And after I got settled here, I started realizing I missed this, and so she says that she went to a chapel service. Says, while I was glad to be back listening to the Word of God, it made me realize how much I missed my family, Milestone. From the music to the ever-sweet volunteers and staff to your down-to-earth preaching to even the coffee. And then she has a section here where she is encouraging me and praying for me. And she says this, I can't wait till I get back to Milestone. I want to go to 101. I've realized how important this is in my life. And she says, but tonight I'll be attending my first praise team rehearsal while I'm here deployed. Maybe I'll get to sing a song or two, Pastor. Pray for me. Let me just tell you, Rebecca, if you're listening, you're shining the light of God where you are. That's what we do. We can't wait till you come back here, but wherever God has you deployed, let your light shine. Let it shine to every person you meet. 
We shine the light of God not only in us, not only in the house, but it also shines to others. It just spills out in so many different ways. I always get really moved. This weekend I text our youth pastors that are leading our fall retreat. We've had several hundred students at fall retreat this weekend. I text them and I say, thank you for your investment into these young people's lives. I'm amazed by how it just spreads and how God uses those environments where ministry calls are clarified, relationships are defined. We see generations changed every single time and I pray with them all week long. I ask them to send me stories. I got a couple of texts. This this one girl named Hannah, she showed up and her small group was celebrating the first night because she gave her heart and life to Jesus Christ. These are real kids, y'all. These are real people. This is the real stuff. This is the why behind the what. This is why we do what we do. I rejoice with a mom named Cheryl. I heard about her story. She's a little concerned for a seventh grader. I've had seventh grade girls. Let me tell you, seventh grade girls need to get saved. (laughs) They just get mean. Her poor daughter, she... Seventh grade's hard enough. She was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. I have a heart for this because my youngest sister was diagnosed with it at 14 years old. She comes this weekend. She's a burden for her kid. I want you to know something. This is not a game. We're cooperating with the prayers of parents who are sending their kids to believe that the light of God will shine into the darkness of their lives. She was so rejoicing because her daughter said it was no longer a Sunday school lesson for me. These are her own words. It was no longer what my Bible school teacher was telling me. It was no longer some lesson. Jesus Christ, the light of God, became real to me, and I made the decision for myself. It happens every time. I could go on and on, but I want you to always remember as we talk about vision forward, it's about Jesus I came to seek and to save that which is lost. I want you to watch this vision as we're moving forward in it. And I'm going to come back and pray for you. Milestone Church was launched in 2002 with a simple vision, reaching people and building lives. In April of 2017, we opened the doors to our new Keller campus and immediately saw God moving in extraordinary ways. Our expanded capacity here has allowed us to reach so many new people with the hope of Jesus and a spiritual family to call home. In fact, we very quickly realized that we needed to begin planning our next step. So in 2019, we launched our Beyond campaign to increase our faith and open additional space for even more people. It's always been about ministering to people, reaching people, and of course it takes space to take care of the needs of people. We want to serve them, but when they're in a video venue or they can't get a park, then it's just it's discouraging to think who knows if that person would be someone that might hear the gospel for the first time or maybe something they're going through in their life. When we think about creating space, it's really very simple. It's for that one person that you might bring or your friend or your neighbor. So we want to be able to, to serve them, and it takes space and parking places to do that.
You know, the thing I love about Beyond and our people is that every time there's been a need to reach more people, to create space or parking, that the people of Milestone have responded. And what a blessing it is to go to a church where everybody, everybody says, I'm part of the vision. I'm part of making that happen. And how amazing that we all get to celebrate together when people are baptized, when lives are changed. We are currently halfway through the Beyond journey our three-year financial campaign in which you, the people of Milestone Church, generously pledged $15.7 million to expand our parking, commons, kids building, and worship center. Construction has already begun on 763 additional parking spots to the north and east of our campus. This parking project will also enable us to move forward with the construction of our brand new 27,500 square foot kids building with a dedicated entrance for safety, accessibility, and convenient check-in. We are expanding space to serve more people on the weekends, while also enhancing the campus to create an inviting place for you to gather with friends and family throughout the week. We're also adding an additional 23,000 square feet to our commons area to make the building more accessible and much easier to navigate. Most importantly, this expansion will create more space for you to interact with spiritual family and create lifelong friendships. We never set out just to build something that's like a movie that you just come to and you leave. You're building the relationships today that will help you in the storms of tomorrow. Whether it's our stewardship ministry or restore where marriages get healed or youth retreats and youth events and super series and elevate and teenagers or, or just small groups. It's really been cool seeing people uh, during this COVID season as well, like meeting around the church. Like I've seen a lot of our small groups out on the front patio of the church, socially distanced, having a small group. So I think the fact that this space makes it possible for us to live spiritual family is really, really exciting. One of my favorite pictures of this current project that I always go back to when I've been sharing it with the staff or others is this back porch setting. Most of us have great memories of those back porch moments, you know, but so many sweet conversations happen, so many moments where you can sit down and be quiet for a minute and, and really be able to talk to somebody. Environments create, they create atmospheres for lives to change. Yeah. You know, the Bible says, where two or three are gathered, there I am. I look at the photo of the back patio and some of these spaces and a cup of coffee and a fall day and some pumpkins and kids playing around and, and two, two ladies or two people or a group of people or some young adults, you know, having a real spiritual transformation as a result. And the great thing about those atmospheres is that it's not forced. It happens spontaneously and it's just, it's a beautiful thing. I'm excited about it. Moving into the new kids' building, you'll see a dedicated entrance that provides increased accessibility and expanded check-in areas. The plan also enhances security to both the new facility and the existing Milestone kids' space, which will be transformed into new atmospheres to teach the Bible to our preschool-aged children and grandchildren. You know, I'm so excited about our new kids area and new kids building because, I mean, I remember when the ones that were leading us in Next Gen Weekend were in the nursery in the school when we planted the church. I have pictures of them when they're two years old sitting in the nursery and they really like grew up in this environment. They were shaped by leaders that just wanted to pour into the next generation and love them. 
Across the commons in the new kids building, we have designed an exciting game zone for our older elementary kids. Featuring a mini basketball court, gaga ball pit, nine square, and more, this new space will provide our kids with a safe and fun environment to hang out, have fun, and build relationships. The transition from elementary to middle school is critical, so we've paid special attention to our fifth and sixth grade ministry, also known as 56. Our team has designed a dynamic new space that enhances our ability to provide age-relevant worship, applicable Bible teaching, and small group interaction for these kids in transition. We're also adding a dedicated social space specifically designed for them to hang out and play games while building relationships with friends and the ministry leaders that will be spiritual anchors in these pivotal years. The largest area of our new kids building will be our elementary theater. This room will be outfitted with age-appropriate technology, creating a fun and interactive environment where kids can worship and learn the Bible from our gifted teachers. This spacious theater also provides adequate space for kids to break out into uniquely structured small group circles, where dedicated leaders will help your kid grow in their faith. And I just think it's such a powerful thing for our children to be in environments where they're, the best is pulled out of them. You know, we've said, you don't have to wait to be great. You can be a great kid. You can be a great young adult. You can be a great teenager. And I love it when the kids not only hear that, but they grasp it. And, and start taking it for themselves. So I know that this new space that we're creating is gonna enable us to be able to do this on an even bigger scale. I think the power of spiritual family is that you're not just ministering to kids, but you're raising up sons and daughters, which is a different level of growth, development, and ownership. And so we set out from the very beginning to say we, we don't want to invest ourselves in something that we can't hand off to the next generation because we have a small window in this, you know, and so um, it's really exciting to see that, you know, vision become in, into reality and actually see these young people walking in their callings, walking in their giftings, and some of them now having children of their own is a, is a it's a powerful, it's, real, it's a powerful it's really thing. I feel like in 56, it's helped me to share my faith with other kids around me. I know my small group leaders believe in me and that makes me feel very happy and very excited for the future and what I could do uh, for the next generation to come. I had a friend who I invited to a small group. She gave her life to Jesus the first night she came to Elevate. Well, I think it's really important to keep God important in our generation and uh, for the future generations. I can say that being here in this building and being here in this environment has very much just changed me forever and marked me and turned me into the man that God really wants me to be. We are so proud of our Milestone family and how you responded to meet the needs of our community this past year in a way that only a growing, loving church can do. You cared for your neighbors, for the elderly, for our first responders and frontline medical personnel. You provided basic necessities and even Easter meals for families in need. You reached out all across our community on Serve Day and found creative new ways to minister through virtual projects like baby showers and school supply drives. Even our blood drives filled up quickly and so many lives were saved through your donations. It's in these times where you're so glad that we didn't build a mob, we didn't build a crowd, but we built a family because families make it through crisis together. The good news of that is, is 
Our foundation has been tested and I believe God showed up and that's exciting. <laughs> the reason we have a need for more space is, I believe as our church continues to regather, we're seeing more and more people come back, but then we've also added all of these new families. And so I just wanna say to our church family, to all of those that are new to the milestone environment, the need has never been greater for the space to continue to serve and minister to people. This year alone, over 1,000 new people have joined our Milestone family. In response to the incredible work God is doing in our church, we've added weekend services, utilized other venues in the city to accommodate large events, and offered more frequent Discovery 101 membership classes. The final phase of this Beyond project will be the addition of 900 new seats to the worship center to create more space for the people God will be adding to our church family. This significant moment as we move into the next phase of this project is just another step in our journey. And what is exciting about it is the book of Ephesians says that as each part does its part, then there's more love. There's more love to go to hurting people, to help single moms, to help families that are on the verge of divorce, to, to see lost people come to know Christ, to see people discipled and developed, to see people make friendships that'll last a lifetime and, and to build spiritual family. So this is another critical step in the continued vision of reaching people and building lives. You know, as somebody that's been through this a few times, and you know, I may be a little bit farther down the road um, with my experience with this than others, maybe not as far as some, you know, every time we come to this faith step, it's a little bit scary. I just wanna encourage you that every time we've come to this step, every time we are like, okay, God, what are, what's gonna happen if we step out in faith? God has met us. Everyone's on a journey. Everyone is in a process with God and learning to trust his faithfulness. My prayer always is for our people is to listen to what God says, to obey Him and let Him transform them in the journey. It's always an exciting thing to say yes to Jesus because He never lets us down, He always provides. Isn't that exciting to see all of those renderings, all of that coming together? For any of you who have done anything like this, as you know, it takes time. And so we are halfway through this Beyond Journey. I want to say to all of you that joined us in it, thank you for your faithfulness to this Beyond Journey. And uh, we were just excited this weekend to be able to show you a more full picture of the next step that we have in the process. I do want to highlight what I said in the video. I hope you caught it. Speaking to our church family, of course, those of you that have walked with me, you know this is what I'm going to say, because what's what I've said every step of the way, but I also want to say to our, our newer folks, you're like, Pastor, what's your expectation of us? What, what do you want us to do? Um, you know, God provides for his vision. He, he will provide for us for this step. My prayer for you is what I would like to specifically ask you to do is this week to get alone. If you're married, you and your spouse, or if you're a single person, and just simply ask God what he would have you do in this step. And I wanna help you with the practicals of that, but really my ultimate desire 
Uh, Christianity, being a follower of Jesus, means we hear his voice and we do what he says. So that's my desire for you. And what I've learned along the way is God could provide any way that he wants to, but he's always growing us, strengthening us in our understanding of his faithfulness so that when we open the space as a church, we'll be more prepared and ready uh, to be able to share that Jesus that we've grown in with the people that are coming behind us. And uh, I know all of us are thankful that someone that was ahead of us gave, invested, so that we could experience uh, the things in our lives as well. So we want to be those people for those coming that we've never met before as well. Um, Here in just a moment, I'm going to pass you out some resources to help you with this step, and then I'm going to pray for you. Uh, Here in just a moment, I'm going to pass you out a brochure. It'll give you a little fuller picture of some of the things that we've done this year, help you look back at the way we've shined a light into the darkness together. And then, of course, there will also be uh, an envelope. So again, we are halfway through this journey. Uh, Those of you that were a part of Beyond at the beginning, we pledged and you pledged generously $15.7 million. We've received $7 million, and we're believing by May to collect and receive. We have a need of $3 million to break ground on this next phase. You say, why May? Well, again, if you come on the property, you'll see because of your generosity, we're paying cash for all of this parking step, and it needs to come into completion before we can break ground. I would love as we step out in our miracle offering next weekend, I would love for us here as we go into the end of the year to be halfway toward that goal, but I actually think we usually can do better than that. But I'd love for you to bring your best cash gift, maybe get halfway through wherever you're at with your pledge and we'll provide for you a giving envelope in this as well. I wanna say to those of you that are new, that there is an 18-month commitment card. And if you're new to Milestone, you can jump in. We need you to help us take this step. And I would also say that you want to be a part of it. You, you want to look at the next 18 months in the future going ahead and say, hey, God used me as well to be a part of the team and part of the family. And so I would draw your attention to this 18-month commitment card. I'm going to ask if our ushers would go ahead and pass these out. We have these available uh, for you. Once again, next weekend, for those of you that start off with an 18-month commitment because you're new to this, next weekend we'd ask you to bring your best cash gift. And then those of you that are already part of Beyond, we're going to have our miracle offering to get us started toward this $3 million need. And all of you watching online, We want you to know you're part of this, and uh, as we continue to regather, we have to now start making space for when all of those that are new and all of those that regather as we join together, we're going to make up a pretty big group. We're mailing this to you if you're watching online, so you'll be able to receive all of these resources, the brochure, the giving envelopes, as well as the commitment card, okay? So I'm going to ask... Uh, Jesus this week to be the good shepherd that he is and to speak to you. And I'm going to ask you to trust him, uh, to not let fear, to not let distraction, to let him speak loudly to you and clearly to you and for you to say yes to him. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in our midst. We don't take it for granted that you're moving among us. 
Lord, I ask you that right now you would begin to stir hearts beyond my ability to utilize words to communicate your heart, Jesus. It's ultimately when you speak to us. So Jesus, we're asking you to speak to our hearts. And I pray, Lord, for the courage to obey you and what you ask, that your kingdom would be advanced here on earth as it is in heaven, and you would continue through us to shine a light into the darkness. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To take your next step in your relationship with God, we invite you to join us in person or online at milestonechurch.com. There you'll find service times and events happening around the church. We'll see you next week.